Welcome to Pilot Boys, the podcast where we review the first episode to TV shows, otherwise known as a pilot. My name is Caesar. And my name is Michelle. Today we're doing Castle Rock, the new show on Hulu that's based on Stephen King's universe. Characters from the Stephen King universe and settings and things like that. And this one, the first episode stars a very popular prison, Shawshank. The show is created by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason. It's a collab between J.J. Abrams and Stephen King. And it's like a completely original story based on the work of Stephen King. But uh, before we get into that, what's up, Michelle? What have you been up to? Not much. I went to Big Bear for a week. I'm back from that. You went for a week? Well, like Monday through Friday. Five days. Tell me about this uh, like running with wolves thing that you did. Oh my god, I did not run with fucking wolves. I just hung out with them in their, like, little enclosure thing. And then, like, I got to, like, take pictures with them. And they really liked me. And it was cool. Oh, they were, like, locked up. When I hung out with them, they weren't locked up. But yeah. So they're, like, domesticated wolves? Well, they're at a wolf sanctuary. So they they were pretty much going to be euthanized. So they're, like, heavily drugged. No, they're not drugged. They're just... Used to humans. Did you say euthanize? They were going to be put down and then they were saved and taken to this wolf sanctuary. Like Jesus saved? Oh my god. Um, sure. So, that's all you did? I mean, I went to the lake. <laughs> that's all? That's all you guys? Fucking wolves? Wow. It was cool. I'm kidding. Yeah, that sounds cool. Would recommend. What else have you been up to? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I've been watching Queer Eye. Oh my god, why? I don't know. It's just so... I don't know. It just feels kind of like... I would say a guilty pleasure, but not really. Dude. It's terrible in a sense. I know that it's terrible. But for some weird reason, I can't stop watching it. Not in a sense. In, like, complete actuality. It's just bad. Whatever. I mean, I know it's very cheesy and, like, fabricated, but it's entertaining. But I've also been watching the new Attack on Titan. Have you been watching that? Oh, I just finished the second season in preparation. Oh, really? Yeah, I hadn't finished it. I thought I was, like, pretty close to the end, but I, I was, like, uh, like six episodes away. Dude, the fucking second season was popping. The, the little fight, like, the little running of the armor Titan and then, like... That shit was crazy. I didn't like, like, the first few episodes of the second season. I really liked the entire season. Karen was saying that she thinks that the second season is better than the first. Really? I don't know. I mean, I I disagree because I liked the first season, but it was definitely, like, a little faster pace, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Well, the thing I liked about the second season was that they focused on, like, everyone else's stories more than Aaron's. Yeah. Because Aaron's kind of annoying. Yeah, dude. And I, it sucks because I like Mikasa a lot. Me too. But she's not even, like, a person. She's not. She's like a weapon. That sucks. I've been watching uh, Casual. It's back? Yeah, it's back. Oh, you watch it too. I forgot. It's good. I, I like it. They're doing, like, soft sci-fi where they, like, skip a few years in the future, like, couple like four or five years oh so he already sorry spoiler alert guys so he already has his kid who the brother the brother yeah she's like a few years old already um it's kind of like parks and rec for the last season oh, okay 
Yeah. But I, I like that show. I think it's a good show. It reminds me, I was talking about it with Karen, but it reminds me of like Showtime shows. Because I mean, Showtime has a brand, or I shouldn't say a brand, but like a style, like a house style. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like dramedy type thing where it's like a female lead and it's like kind of just like fucked up people. It's not always a female lead, but it feels like that, but it's it's a little more realized and it's not like going on for too long, like shameless or weeds. Oh, okay. And other than that, I've been watching. I caught up on My Hero and I caught up on Attack. Well, I haven't seen the two new seasons because I'm waiting for the dub. Oh, we've been watching Sharp Objects. Are you caught up? No, I'm not. Dude. Really? It's pretty good. What episode are they on? Four. I only saw the first one. Anyway, let's let's jump into it. Let's do first impressions. I'll go first. I thought it was good. It gave me like Shutter Island vibes. I mean, obviously, I already knew it was like a Stephen King work going into it i already knew it was gonna have to do like with his shit i didn't know like to what extent but it was it was cool like i'm glad it's not like like a developed work because he's like the author with the most developed you know works or whatever so i'm glad it was like it's set in his universe but it's not like necessarily his universe it was fucking brutal dude that scene with the car that was hardcore where the guy decapitates himself yeah yeah that was fucking crazy what'd you think after i saw it i was kind of confused i'm not gonna lie but it's not really like a what were you confused about what the fuck well, that's the thing is that i'm not confused confused i'm more just like what the fuck's going on in this world you know what i mean i think that's supposed to be the whole thing and I, I, that's one of the themes we'll get into later well yeah that just feels like the pull of the show is just kind of like i have to watch it like to figure out everything that's going on mm. but it was it was entertaining at first i was just kind of like okay like this seems kind of boring and then like as soon as you get to that decapitation scene i'm just like fuck what the fuck am i watching uh, that was hardcore i've seen a lot of like suicide scenes in like movies and like tv media but like seeing that one i was just like holy shit not only is it brutal it's like creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically what happens is there's this guy and we, we later find out that he's a warden of the prison, Shawshank. He goes to this lake and he puts his noose on and he's in his car. And then basically like he drives off into the lake. But since he has a noose on, I guess he ran like the line through his trunk. And he tied it to a tree, so he simultaneously, like, decapitates himself, and, like, the car goes into the lake. And it was fucking brutal. And a dog watched him do the whole thing. Yeah. What the fuck was up with the dog? I think the dog was supposed to be, like, like, it was supposed to be the moment where he either had a change of heart. We'll get into my theory of what it is later. Maybe it's a little, like, far-fetched. But I think there was something to the dog. I thought he was going to take him in. I was like, that's fucked up. Please leave the dog alone. Yeah, that would have been crazy. All right, so let's get into a quick recap. So the first episode is about... It's a couple storylines going on at once. So it's about this prison that gets a new warden because the old warden died. But it's simultaneously about the past where this little boy is found in the forest. And by all accounts, he should have been frozen or dead because the cold was so cold that he had frostbite where he wasn't dead. 
we later come to find that his name is Henry. He's a criminal defense lawyer who helps out like inmates who are close to the death penalty. And another storyline, we find out that there's a hidden prisoner inside of Shawshank and someone calls Henry to come to help out this hidden prisoner. And that's pretty much the general story of the first episode. But there's a lot of mystery and there's a lot of like horror elements because of course there's horror elements because it's Stephen King. What did you think about like the style of it? Did it feel eerie to you? Did it feel scary? Were you scared when you were watching it? Honestly, what did it for me was like the sound on like the music. Like there were some parts where like I felt perfectly fine and then there were the parts where like you hear like the eerie music coming on and then like I feel the anxiety and I'm just like, oh my god, like please don't let anything too crazy happen because I'm going to freak out. Well, the first time that that happened was when they find the prisoner. The guard's like pointing his flashlight and then there's a quick jump and you just see like the zoom in of the hidden prisoner's eyes and that like freaked me the fuck out. And by the way, he plays Pennywise, which is the clown It from It. He plays the, the, new, it, the new Pennywise. That was funny that they got him for this, too. He was just creepy in general because he has, like, those, like, Steve Buscemi eyes. Yeah, he has, like, those fucking, I don't know, it was, like, pug eyes. Like, they're, like, big, puffy eyes. Yeah. Are you familiar with any of Stephen King's work? I recall watching something, like, when I was a kid. Have you seen Shawshank? Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Yeah? Well, you've seen that. Wait, that was Stephen King? Yeah. But that wasn't scary, like, at all. Yeah, he doesn't always write scary things. He's a writer. Oh, I thought like he was just like known for horror. That's like his bread and butter, but I mean, there's so much shit from Stephen King that's been adapted. I mean, yeah, it's has The Shining too. The Shining is actually one of the ones that Stephen King hates. Like he thinks that the movie was, he hates the movie. He hated that? Yeah, and most people love that movie. He hates it because Kubrick did his own thing with it. Because his wife was like a big feminist. In her own writing, but also, like, throughout growing up. And his wife always helped him write female characters. And she was always, like, a voice and one of his first editors. And in The Shining, Kubrick made her, like, a total, like, damsel. And also it was, like, domestic violence and shit. And apparently he didn't like that she played that stuff up. Oh, okay. Or something along the lines. I, mean, I don't even know if that's the complete story i just know that he's really upset and he hates that movie which i didn't i was like oh shit that's crazy especially because that's probably one of the better ones i have like mild familiarity with stephen king i read the dark tower well the first one and then i read uh on writing it's not about horror that's just about like like half biography part how to write and shit like that it's a good book though did dark tower include any of these characters so one of the bigger criticisms of people and because everyone has different relationships with stephen king but he's so synonymous with culture or like he's like an institution in culture that most people are familiar with at least one piece of his work uh but one of the biggest criticisms for people is that he started to basically make a universe out of these like things that wire like universes you know what i mean uh-huh. and i know some people are upset about that but dark tower is supposed to be 
I don't know. It gets really fucking wonky because he was he was known to like do a lot of cocaine and shit uh, back in those days, and like he had like drug addiction and like alcohol issues. But apparently, like the mythology of Dark Tower connects with the mythology of it because there's like this giant turtle alien thing <laughs> that's supposed to connect to it. I don't know. This is weird thing, but I think Shawshank and like Carrie. And, like, those things are, like, the more tamer, not, like, crazy alien stuff. It's just, like, mundane horror, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of what this draws from, but I'm not completely sure. Mm-hmm. So, one of the, the, the first themes that I, I noticed, like, right away was that, and I think this is something that Shawshank probably started, but, I mean, now it's a little more... It's it's ever present because we know that the prison system is completely fucked up. But I think one of the things that this show shows right away or like within throughout shuffled without the entire episode is how shitty the prison system is. And um it comes from like like we can see it through the way that the Shawshank prisoner, the the one who is like stuck in the cage how the warden sees it as like a PR issue rather than like a human's right a human right issue because she had just gotten the job and she was more concerned about how is this going to look rather than like we got to figure out we got to do any and everything to like make sure that he's all right yeah how how did you feel about the the prison theme in the show like at the end like when he kills the guards mm-hmm. for no reason i don't know if it has anything to do with like i don't know if that's commentary because prison guards are notoriously like assholes yeah or if it's just kind of like trying to show the supernatural element like to that guy well i think it's equal parts those things like i think they often mistreat prisoners and it could be like retaliation for the way like him killing all the guards or I mean, it's not it's not necessarily clear whether or not he killed the guards. Like, only guards are also prisoners, you know what I mean? Oh, that's true. There's a fine line with prison narratives where you can empathize with some of them because our, our justice system is, is pretty much broken. But at the same time, like, there are prisoners who did things that were, like, terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I think it's hard to critique the prison system um, when you're also trying to show, quote unquote, the bad eggs and you're trying to show like the innocent. It's kind of hard to tell that line because, I mean, obviously the prison system is there's there's an inherent issue. But I mean, there are those people who really deserve to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think this show is trying to get into the politics of like the war on drugs or like people of color in prison. But. I do think that it's it's trying to at least play with the idea of the prison industrial complex doesn't really care about reforming these prisons inmates. It cares more about the looks and success. Because right away, as soon as the warden gets hired, the I guess like her assistants, like yeah, if if you book a couple more prisoners, you'll get a bonus. Yeah, I think that I think there's this just like. The fact that they hid him, they hid the the prisoner away from the lawyer. It just all it just ties in 
Like it's trying to say that the prison system, even here, is fucked up because in Shawshank, like to compare this to another work that this prison came under, I don't think that issue of like the prison industrial complex. I don't think that narrative or that critique was as present as it is here because I think it's a different time. Like back then it was the Reagan era, which is like the late eighties, early nineties. It was like either Reagan era or like Reagan's legacy still live within the prison, but it wasn't portrayed as like completely terrible. If anything, it was kind of like a little wholesome. The way that the prison was portrayed was a little wholesome. It wasn't like, this is the worst thing ever. And I think that's one of the like the stark differences between Shawshank then and Shawshank now. Because we live in a different time where those legacies have been fully realized in a way that they weren't they hadn't yet manifested or in a way that they hadn't been studied the way they are now. I think that was just because back then, like well, people in general were fed that narrative that like only bad people are in prison. Yeah. And like it's only well not only now but it's now that we're starting to like look at that differently and see how it's it's not just bad people in prison yeah it's it's like it's dispelling the idea that federal institutions or institutions that have been put in place aren't always right and i think that's kind of the politics of the time that we're living in right now and i think this show's talking about a little bit i mean it's not going hard and it's not like I appreciate that they're not trying to be like ham-fisted with their politics, but I I do like that they they acknowledge it because if they didn't acknowledge it, I I feel like it wouldn't be a true portrayal of a prison, at least a a prison that's in current times. It just it would just feel incomplete. Well, it kind of feels like they threw in that guard to kind of like reconcile like like the way we see guards, because like he's kind of portrayed more as. I guess someone that has more compassion. Yeah. Especially since, like, he's the guy who called the lawyer. Let's talk about the supernatural elements. Anything stand out to you? Anything that you have to say about it? Well, obviously, like, the prisoner and supernatural abilities. We see him escape a cell. And as he's escaping, all these hallways that he has to pass by, like, light up. And they show um, dead guards potentially prisoners we're not sure and then also the the rat oh yeah he kills the rat i took it as like he was influencing that rat to like kill himself right yeah he basically makes his rat go into a rat trap like set it off yeah so some of the other supernatural things are like we find out that the warden killed himself at a lake and that same lake was the lake where henry the lawyer went missing as a child yeah and he went missing and he didn't know what happened to him and he also didn't know how his father died because apparently his father had died at the lake too so there's definitely something going on with the lake yeah i feel like there might be something connected to the prisoner and this is far-fetched i know but i i feel like there has to be a connection between the prisoner and the lake like maybe he's like this the evil embodied from that lake or you know what i mean like some kind of i wouldn't say spirit but like there's there's something there that's connected to the lake yeah because there's also like just things standing around when henry goes to see the wardens like like vigil i guess 
or just where there's like candles next to a tree. There was like a kid standing there watching him, right? Did you catch that? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and then there was like uh I don't know, this is this is this might be like tin foil hat shit, but I feel like the lake might have manifested the child, but it also might have manifested that dog. And that dog might have been like a warning sign for the warden to like not kill himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's such a random act, but it would make sense that it's connected. Because it, it, if the lake is a source of like evil or if it's a source of like misery or something, then it would make sense that it's also like fucking with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing about the lake too that I noticed was when they first find Henry, when the cop, I think Ellen was his name, when he first finds him, like you don't see anything anywhere and the lake is just frozen solid. And like you hear like a, a howl. It's like a like a roar, like a bear roar. I don't know what the fuck it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like some weird sound. And then like all of a sudden the kid just comes out of nowhere. Like legit in the middle of the lake, like suddenly. The way I'm reading it is more like an actual piece of text. But like this is the kind of shit you would see in text where like there's a literal embodiment of like evil in this lake. Mm-hmm. Stephen King is no stranger to like horror elements or even supernatural elements but i think that the fact that they don't show it is also like a key point to like building suspense but it's also like one of the most important things in horror films is where like you don't ever really show what the fuck is going on because the mystery is more intriguing than like actually knowing yeah it's it's like what scares you yeah and it's like the horror is internal like when that horror is internal you basically command terror yeah when henry was found and like he kind of has like that little totem what was it i don't know it just it just it just seemed like a physical manifestation of like the evil i was trying to think of an angle as to like why henry why he wants to be a criminal defense lawyer i was trying to like connect it to the fact that like he could have possibly killed his dad because he's the only one that was next to him. And I feel like him trying to defend these criminal lawyers is in some ways like him trying to trying to prove to people that like he's not a criminal and that and he's trying to help criminals. You know what I mean? Yes, I got the same thing. Like I was thinking the exact same thing. People did blame him. There's that scene where he comes home and there's that random guy that just screams out killer at him. What the fuck was up with that lady? I have no fucking idea, dude. Was that supposed to be someone who was picking him up? I don't know. I I kind of got like a witch vibe from her. I'm like, is she supposed to be some sort of witch? No, I don't think it was that. So this is what I think it was. I think she was there to pick him up and she's still friends with him. Or maybe she's like his, not, I wouldn't say his wife or anything, but she's still friends with him. But she saw that there was like people around, so she was ashamed to be around him. So she just left and went to go get high instead. That's what I took it at. I understood that like she was just kind of hanging out, buying weed, and then she saw him, and she was like, "Oh shit! Like there's that guy, and like he's kind of like bad mojo." So she just like took off. He was definitely expecting someone to pick him up. Mm-hmm. He looked around. And he was like, "I don't see anyone." Like he was like, "Where the fuck are? Where's my ride?" Kind of thing. Um. I, mean, I don't know. That's what I took it at. I took it as like she like didn't show up to pick him up i don't know but she was fucking weird 
I'm intrigued because of the mystery. And I think the first episode did its job, which was like to hook you into the mystery yeah. of like wanting to see. And what's interesting is that Locke from Lost was the warden of Shawshank. Oh, that's where I knew him from. I was like, where the fuck do I know this guy from? I don't know. Something about him just makes me like the way he plays it. Is, there's just something about him that like makes me want to see what the fuck is up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, why the fuck was he holding this prisoner? And, like, why, out of all people, did he say Henry's name? Yeah. I mean, he has to know him. Like, he didn't seem, like, sad or, like, depressed or anything like that. He just seemed, like, in some ways, when he killed himself, it looked like it was, like, a a duty. You know what I mean? Like, he had to do this. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem so much as, like, I have to kill myself right now because i'm so sad is he more like this is what's required yeah of me at this moment mm-hmm. it's, it's just so weird like there's just so many things that play i'm just like it's crazy mm-hmm. but i don't know i'm intrigued and i, I thought it was a solid pilot mm-hmm. is there anything you didn't like about the first episode not really i mean it's just frustrating because like i don't know all the elements and everything that's going on but i mean that's the intrigue that's that's really about it I like how there's a there's a little bit of racial politics thrown in. Like I thought that the fact that the mom has like dementia was like an easy narrative device to like get her to admit that she adopted a black baby, and she's like talking about how she's like more progressive, but she's telling that to her son because obviously she has dementia. And she doesn't know that that's him, either dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever. Um, but I thought that was interesting because I mean he. As far as we know, he's pretty much the only person of color in that town. Yeah. It's even more so that he's an outsider because he's a person of color and he's a suspected, like, killer. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, I wonder how it'll it'll play out. Like, I hope they don't shy away from, like, the way that they treat people of color. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he, it would be just as bad. Or not, I wouldn't say just bad, but I feel like they would treat him worse because he's black and because he's like a suspected killer, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was also expecting something to go on between him and the cop, Alan, the, the one who's dating his, his mom. Yeah. Especially like because he's a cop and like he was like super fucking pissed off that he's going out with his mom now. And there's the whole racial element. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens. I was glad to see Andre Holland. He's he plays uh, Henry the Black Lawyer. He was so good in Moonlight. I don't know if you've seen that. I I saw him in Moonlight. Yeah, he's like one of the the main characters' love interests, like when they're older. Oh. But yeah, let's get into the BT. Wow. <laughs> How many BTs on a scale of one to five for the uninitiated? We give broken televisions here on a scale of one to five. So, Michelle, I will let you go first. Okay. It was scary. And it was interesting. And I liked the acting. The supernatural element was really interesting. I haven't seen a good supernatural show in a long time. And the acting that... What's, what's his name? The Skarsgård guy? Bill Skarsgård? Yes. He freaked me the fuck out. I'm gonna give it 
4.3. Really? That's pretty high. Yeah, it was pretty good. You can continue watching. I really liked the like the way the show was shot. I thought that the kind of like grainy, like pseudo-saturated colors was nice. And it fed that eerie feel of it. I thought the score was pretty good. Like the crazy loud score when they're introducing the prison was nice. The lighting, like the dark lighting, really helped the horror elements. And then I thought the acting was great. I loved Andrew Holloway. Or excuse me, Andre Holland. Bill Skarsgård was good, even though he's pretty much typecasted as like this creep now. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, which is the warden, was, was good. It was just like a, I think Hulu's got another hit in their hands. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. it. was They hooked me with the mystery, and I'm interested to see. And maybe I'm just like in a mystery mood right now, because Sharp Objects really had that mystery thing going. But curious to see how it plays out, and I'm curious to see, like, what the fuck is going on. Especially because, like, I have to see it now, because there's no book written about it, so I can read ahead. So, like, this is pretty much the only way. Um, but I'm going to go with the solid four. I think it was it was a solid pilot. I thought it was pretty well-rounded and it was well-written, but I didn't really care for the girl where she just was supposed to pick him up, but she just left. That was kind of weird. No, I think there's something to her. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, there's definitely something to her, but they haven't like expanded, but it just, I mean, I don't know. It didn't really make much sense seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun with it. How long do you see the show lasting? I'm going to say three seasons. That sounds about right. I think, I mean, there's only been like five, there's like ten Hulu shows. Yeah. And only like four or five of them have gotten past the third season. Yeah. Like they introduce a lot of like what the fuck elements, but I think that that could all be resolved in like three seasons. Yeah. I, I think anything longer than that, they're just kind of pushing it. I think three seasons sounds about right, but I think it'll actually be maybe four. Like, I think three is probably what it should be. Like, I think that's enough time for them to, like, finish the story. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll probably go four. I- I'm okay with three, and four is probably pushing it, but I'd still watch it, depending on how the next seasons go. Yeah, I'd probably still watch it, too. Anyway, that was 17. I don't even know. We're almost getting to 20. Really? Yeah. Shit. It's, been a- it's kind of fast, right? Yeah. Yeah, these episodes will be coming out once every two weeks it's been like a change of pace because i was figuring out what to do michelle's been helping out with the editing and yeah we're starting to get back on track little by little thanks for listening passengers we have landed bye peace